0: Hi, everybody. I'm delighted to see you all here. Prime Minister Erdogan, distinguished guests, colleagues, students, and visitors to campus, I am pleased to welcome you to Princeton University. Thank you for joining us on this very important occasion. My name is Christina Paxson, and I'm dean of Princeton's Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs, the sponsor of today's speech by the Prime Minister. Before I introduce... Princeton President Shirley Tillman, who will introduce the Prime Minister, I would like to say just a few words about the Woodrow Wilson School. (coughs) Founded in 1930, the school is a major center of education and scholarship in public and international affairs. Our faculty and our fellows conduct world class research and produce knowledge on which sound public policy is based. And the Woodrow Wilson School alumni are leaders in the public, nonprofit, private sectors in the US and abroad. Our students are especially fortunate to hear from Prime Minister Erdogan, given Turkey's leadership role in the upcoming G20 summit and in light of the diverse set of policy challenges our countries face together in the Mideast and also Europe as NATO allies. Now, as our time is limited, I will now introduce President Tillman. Shirley Tillman is president and also a professor of molecular biology at Princeton University. Specializing in the genetics of mammalian development, she was one of the architects of the effort to map the human genome. A member of Princeton's faculty since 1986, she was the founding director of the multidisciplinary Lewis Sigler Institute for Integrative Genomics. She was named Princeton's 19th president in 2001 And in addition to her many accomplishments at Princeton, she has provided national leadership on issues relating to higher education, federal science policy, and women in science. President Tillman is a member of the National Academy of Sciences and chair of the Association of American Universities. She has received numerous honors, including the President's Award for Distinguished Teaching from Princeton and the L'Oreal Nesco Prize for Women in Science. Again, welcome to campus, and please welcome to the podium President Toleroy.
1: Thank you, Chris, and thank you all for joining us today as we welcome the Prime Minister of the Republic of Turkey and his distinguished delegation to our campus. Turkey occupies a critical place in the world, bridging as it does two continents, and not just geographically. It looks both east and west, and across the centuries, its history has been inextricably entwined with both the Christian and the Muslim worlds. Today, Turkey, which joined the North Atlantic Alliance in 1952, is both a key American ally and an increasingly influential regional power with an important role to play in securing peace and prosperity along its borders, from Iraq to Georgia, a region beset by ethnic, religious, and political tensions. We are especially pleased and privileged, therefore, to have an opportunity to hear directly from the leader of Turkey's government, Prime Minister Recep Tia Erdogan, who has chosen as his topic, Building Global Peace, Turkish Regional Foreign Policy Priorities. Mr. Erdogan was born in Istanbul in 1954 and grew up in a family of modest means. A graduate of Marmara University, he was drawn to politics from an early age and has held leadership positions in a number of political parties. In 1994, he was elected mayor of Istanbul and was effective in addressing many of the city's chronic problems, from water shortages to pollution. The rough and tumble of Turkish politics, including a controversial prison sentence, did not deter him from founding a new political party Justice and Development in 2001, which he led to a landslide victory the following year. In 2003, Mr. Erdogan was named Prime Minister and in national elections four years later, his party won an even larger percentage of the vote, reflecting his effective stewardship of the economy, his strong commitment to institutional reform and democratization, and his personal charisma. He has sought to build a more inclusive body politic, giving ordinary citizens, especially in rural areas, a greater voice in national affairs. In the words of the BBC, few critics would deny that Mr. Erdogan has presided over a government that has reformed and has modernized the country faster and more effectively than most of his predecessors. Our speaker has put his stamp on Turkish international relations, where neither historic animosities nor long-term friendships have prevented him from charting a course of his own, whether that has meant pursuing rapprochement with Armenia Greece, and Syria, or taking Israel to task for its actions in the Gaza Strip. Little that Mr. Erdogan has done at home and abroad has gone unchallenged. But he has always managed to keep his footing, helped, no doubt, by his experience as a former professional soccer player. (laughs) Whatever the immediate future holds for Turkey, it is clear from the past six years that our speaker will have a major hand in shaping it. Mr. Prime Minister, we are honored to have you with us, and to you and your visiting colleagues, I would like to extend the warmest of Princeton welcomes.
2: Saygıdeğer rektör Saygıdeğer öğretim üyeleri Saygıdeğer öğrenciler Hanımefendiler, beyefendiler Öncelikle sizleri en kalbi duygularımla selamlıyorum. Tabi Princeton gibi dünyanın en seçkin üniversitelerinden birinde sizlerle bir araya gelmiş olmaktan duyduğum memnuniyeti öncelikle ifade etmek istiyorum. Bugün bu seçkin mekanda ve seçkin topluluk karşısında dünyamızın içinde bulunduğu Büyük distinguished rector and distinguished members of the faculty, distinguished
3: başlıyor. guests, I greet you all, and I would like to say that I'm very pleased to be with yes. you
2: Aile um, Aile and Princeton. Aileşim I don't know
3: if you can hear
2: Aileşim us. Aileşim okay. us.
3: I'm very pleased to be with you in this Aileşim very...
2: Aileşim very distinguished environment, distinguished participants.
3: The problems, the global problems of our age require solutions at a global scale.
2: We are confronted with
3: quite a number of important problems such as wars, economic crisis, hunger, uh, poverty, security of energy, terrorism, and uh, climate change. These are all Big challenges, problems that we have to resolve.
2: But none of these problems are problems that
3: we cannot uh,
2: solve. We
3: need a new global order for the solution of these problems. And this global order. Should be an order which embraces everyone, which is just based on sharing, which sees differences as a source of. Enrichment, and it should be an order which should be based on trust.
2: We must move from the
3: understanding of a world based solely on a perception of risk and threat to a global order which is based on solidarity and trust.
2: More than that, the new global order has
3: become a necessity.
2: And so we
3: need a new understanding of leadership. I would like to say a few words about the basic principles of this new global order and the contributions that Turkey can make to this new order. We speak here of uh, three basic principles uh, which are uh, a world based on uh, justice, pluralism, and uh, trust and solidarity. The very first principle tenet of this new global order is the global political order. This uh, political order is uh, uh, just – should be just, uh, equitable, and participatory.
2: We must understand
3: world politics as a whole, and we must understand properly the dynamic relationship between different actors and uh, developments. We have uh, a number of intertwined relations. They should not be seen as a threat, but rather an opportunity, and at this juncture global institutions and, uh, such as the United Nations and other international organizations have an even bigger role to play.
2: In, in fact, the efforts to reform international
3: organizations such as the United Nations and the IMF have been in answer to exactly this kind of a need. Turkey successfully implements uh, this policy, this politics based on embracing all a politics which is just and inclusive in her region. Our policy of zero problems with our neighbors is the basis of our foreign policy
2: with all of our neighbors. And in fact,
3: when we first
2: Started uh, When we first came to power,
3: we had many problems with countries surrounding us. We had issues with countries in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west. And we had we had problems with almost all of our neighbors uh, so much so that the situation was at times threatening
2: and we said that our goal is not to make enemies
3: but to make friends and that was why we wanted to establish this friendship and for that reason
2: we on the west side uh, Greece Bulgaria Romania
3: we continue to develop our neighbor relations with them and we kept Moving forward in the south,
2: we reorganized
3: our efforts with Syria. Same thing with Iraq.
2: Same thing with Iran. Same thing with Russia and the Caucasus, countries in the Caucasus. Ukraine in the north, we have good relations with all of them now. At the moment, the Russian Federation.
3: Is a leading trading partner for us. This is where we are in our relations.
2: So if one can remove
3: prejudice. And uh, preconceptions, it is not so difficult at the end of the day to make friends, and the relations have come to a very positive point. And the problems in our region also have global consequences. Those are problems which are of interest to many countries around the world, and therefore the constructive and peaceful policies we implement in our region are important not just uh, for us, but they have also been important in serving global. Peace and we continue to work in these areas. We cannot consider, for example, the problems in the Middle East simply as problems being uh, pertinent to the Middle East or the problems within Israel. And um, Palestine and other countries; those cannot be seen as pertaining only to um, the region. When the problem between Palestine and Israel is resolved, we believe that many problems in the world may be resolved. This is uh, the kind of process which we think would be um, initiated, triggered, and uh, there we as Turkey place a lot of importance uh, on the, helping the solution of these problems. There are problems between Israel and Syria, and we have. Been Involved in intermediation efforts which lasted for five rounds between Israel and Syria. But after the fifth round, there were uh, events, as you know, in Gaza. And once uh, that started, um, our uh, talks, the, in, the efforts uh, in intermediation ended. But we're not ho- without hope. We believe that the process can be reinitiated. Provided that uh, all the um, everybody can get involved, the second dimension of the new global order is um, global economic order.
2: As you know, the global
3: financial crisis has uh, permeated into the real sector and the economy. And. Uh, the effects of the crisis have been felt all over the world. What started in the U.S. was not confined to the U.S. It affected the whole world, and countries have been affected by the crisis in different ways.
2: Distinguished participants, I am very pleased to say that Turkey is one of the countries which has
3: been least affected by this crisis. There has been a new process which has been initiated in way of reforming the global economic order as a result of this global financial crisis. And the uh, rehabilitation of global financial institutions for a balanced and sustainable growth and development has become an urgent agenda item, and our main principle here is to uh, reorganize the global economic order within a just and inclusive framework. Turkey is a member of the G20, and Turkey is one of the countries which has been uh, supporting this reorganization effort. With the precautions, measures we have taken in the banking and finance sector, the Turkish economy has a very strong and sound basis for growth. And throughout this crisis, we have not had any bankruptcies in our financial institutions previously in the 1990s. And in 2001 too, in those years,
2: Turkey has suffered uh,
3: greatly and many banks uh, went under and they had to be taken over by the government. and.
2: We have taken our measures to make
3: sure that we could face the crisis, and so far we have been moving in the right direction. Let me also say that Turkey's economic hinterland
2: has a potential
3: that goes beyond its GDP from the Balkans to the Middle East, to the Caucasus, the Black Sea, and Central Asia. There is a vast economic uh, geography, which has a very important place in world economy, and that is in the proximity of Turkey, and that it makes Turkey one of the important actors in the world economy. The third pillar uh, of uh, the new global order is the global cultural, cultural order, The most important uh, effects of um, globalization have shown uh, themselves in the discussions of uh, pluralism and uh, multiculturalism. And today, we see instead of a um, single dimensional um, discussion a multi-dimensional uh, discussion with great depth and uh, a lot of efforts for peace it's important to understand that cultural differences are a common value for humanity we should see it as a source of richness Turkey has a very rich history and cultural heritage and it makes it puts Turkey in an ideal position to uh, contribute greatly to this effort um, Turkey is uh, between East and West, between the uh, between Europe and the Islamic world, and uh, it has history, historical heritage, and cultural uh, heritage which truly uh, shows its um, pluralist identity based on being inclusive. It was through these experiences that turkey has undertaken the co-chairmanship of the alliance of civilizations together with spain under the auspices of the united nations this initiative Has shown that different cultures and civilizations do not have to be in conflict with each other, but that they can live together, coexist together within a constructive competition. And uh, so far. About 100 countries and institutions have become parts of, part of the alliance and more are on the way, and I think that this alliance is important for reinforcing the message of an alliance of civilization as opposed to a clash of civilization, and we hope that this is going to make our world a more livable place. The fourth uh, pillar of the global order is universal norms of law. Right to life, human dignity, human rights, freedom of expression and belief,
2: privacy, and... Assurances
3: of a safe life are all important basic principles that are shared by humanity. These norms are the basic tenets of of our understanding of a human being, and they also make up the building blocks of a global justice and legal system. Basic documents such as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights have made these norms binding on all countries and societies. But we must also underline
2: one uh, fact here, and that is that
3: it is good to have the documents, of course, but uh, the important thing is to make sure that what's in those documents are practiced. Um, If you have the text and you don't have the practice, that, of course is not really of any use to us. In our country, we say, and this is going to be interpreted, so this, it's a saying, and we say that you cannot feel the sweet taste of honey in your mouth just by speaking the name of honey. You have to eat the honey to taste the taste. So the documents...
2: The documents are
3: wonderful. You read them and they read well. But to have a different practice for the stronger ones as opposed to the weaker ones, then do those things benefit the weaker ones? No. So that's why we as all of mankind have to work towards a world where the strong one uh, is uh, not seen to be just in cases when he, he is not. That's not the kind of world we're looking for. If the strong one is not right, then they too should be able to, should face the consequences uh, of not being right. That's the kind of world that we we should all be aspiring at. Isn't this what the Universal Declaration of Human Rights wants? or uh, envisions rather um, but uh, in practice of course it's important to do this there are many decisions that the United Nations takes but uh, they cannot really be imposed and that is where the problem is what's important is that once the decisions are taken they should be implemented and uh, if that comes to pass past, then um, the trust in the United Nations will grow
2: so that
3: that's where the problem is the trust. It's a trust issue, which is something that we have to work on. The laws, the norms of, in law are important uh, to the extent that they find life in, in, and they're implemented in real life. And uh, the legal systems and therefore need uh, instruments to ensure that these universal principles are practiced. And it is our common responsibility to make sure that these instruments, these institutions are built. Turkey is a country which uh, aims to solve uh, its problems within an understanding of law and democracy. And this is how we have been – we have determined our targets.
2: Uh, this is our aim. I don't mean to say that we
3: uh, are—we uh, have fully accomplished all this. We have our own issues, our own problems too. But this—this this is our goal. We are working towards that goal as well. In the very near uh, past, we initiated a democratic outreach program, which is in fact um, a part of this effort, because. We believe that uh, uh, the rule of law, a state respecting the rule of law, uh, takes um, that characteristic as the basis in trying to solve its problems, democratic problems, uh, problems with human rights. This is what we are trying to do now with all the steps we're taking. We are trying to take the right steps based on justice and rights, and those steps are supported by our society, our people. And we're also very pleased with the um, overall reception of these these uh, efforts by the international community. We aim to continue to move forward in our um, process of uh, democratic outreach, and we aim to uh, successfully move forward in this direction. And, uh, develop our efforts. I have mentioned here principles uh, which are very important for the building of a new global order order based on justice, peace, and trust. As the world globalizes, it's important
2: that we convert
3: the um, threats into opportunity. In fact, as we enter the 21st century – Uh, The um, establishment of global peace was the important word, understanding uh, in the world. And of course, and that includes fighting against uh, terrorism and having international cooperation and this was uh, also what the united states has been trying to achieve and this uh, goal has been a goal that we have always been trying to achieve and turkey has been one of the first countries to lend its support to the united states even uh, immediately after the events of 9/11 because we are against any kind of terrorism nowhere no matter where it takes place because We, in our country, have been fighting against terrorism for many years, and we know, we understand what it means to uh, suffer from terrorism. In other words, we have had similar experiences. I hope I have been able to explain this. We have another saying in Turkish, which is to say that someone who falls off the roof understands another who falls off the roof. This is a Nasir Tynhoca anecdote. Uh, Nasiretdin Hoca falls off the roof and breaks his leg and they start looking for a doctor. Nasiretdin Hoca says, don't look for a doctor. Find me someone who has fallen off the roof before. He will be the experienced one. He'll know what I need. I say this in a way of trying to explain some realities Global, the process of globalization that is ongoing needs a new institutional and legal framework we need to have institutions which have uh, a sound basis and uh, which have a high vision, and they will provide the opportunity to convert uh, problems and threats into opportunities. And it will be important that we determine these principles and uh, bring them to fruition. And Turkey is becoming a very effective country in its region in light of this global vision. Our goal is to to continue to uh, try and contribute to peace and stability in, in Turkey, in our, in our region, of course, but also in the world. And within this framework, I also would like to say a few words about our relations with our neighbors, and uh, I would also like to say a few words about regional issues with Greece. We have been working for more than 10 years now to improve the uh, good environment, good relations that we have been establishing with Greece, and uh, the same thing is true, the same constructive approach is true in our relations with Bulgaria as well.
2: Um,
3: With Bulgaria, with Romania, we are now um, allies in NATO, in the same way. We have very good relations with the Ukraine and other literal states of the Black Sea. Russia has become Turkey's largest trading partner.
2: Uh, I said this earlier.
3: Uh, This area, this cooperation extends from energy to contracting services. We have uh, very good cooperation with Russia. The Caucasus lies to the south of Russia and the east of Turkey, and um, as a result of the conflict that began in summer of 2008, we have all been reminded of the fact that these frozen conflicts have the potential to convert themselves into uh, major uh, conflict. one of the reasons, one of the most important reasons for the, these problems has been the lack of confidence, trust. And to overcome this problem, there has been a need at a regional level to create dialogue. And in this area, Turkey has taken upon itself an initiative and has uh, suggested the establishment of a Caucasus Stability and Cooperation Platform.
2: Five countries
3: are uh, within this um, initiative, Russian Federation, Turkey, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Georgia.
2: And these five countries... They
3: are trying to bring this region, in area, bring peace to this region, and we hope that we will succeed in this area. And our work is ongoing in this regard.
2: I believe that
3: a comprehensive uh, solution to all these problems will also be um, possible. Uh, will also help solve the problems between Azerbaijan and Armenia, which have been uh, a fact of life for many years. It will also help contribute to resolve issues between Turkey, Armenia, and Russia and Georgia. So, because all of these problems at the end of the day have uh, interactions or at least effects on each other. And it is possible to solve these problems because when you talk to, the, uh, to these countries, we see that uh, there is uh, um, it, there is a possibility to talk, to establish dialogue on these issues, and that's why we've established a platform. For example, the discussions between Azerbaijan and Armenia today, as compared to the previous decades, is moving forward with unprecedented um, Motivation. There is a lot of work that is being done now, which was not done before. And same thing with the Russian Federation, uh, the, the U.S. and France within the context of the Minsk Group. Between Turkey and Armenia, there are steps that are being taken in with the mediation of um, Switzerland. And those steps that we take forward have really um, taken us to a very important uh, point, position, and uh, if we don't see prejudice or uh, some domestic political considerations at play, I believe that uh, the um, preparations for an agreement which has been initialed between Turkey and Armenia could be taken to parliaments to be ratified, and uh, we hope to take those steps forward by the 10th and 11th of next month. Of course, the whole thing comes down to. Uh, domestic political considerations as well, people consider those uh, considerations, but there 's always that risk there 's always that uh, there are always risks, for example, this democratic outreach program is constitutes a risk uh, for us i 've said this in turkey i 'll say this here,
2: but I
3: studied economics, and my teacher used to say that uh, my professor used to say that economics is a risk. And then in politics, I saw, I experienced the fact that politics is about taking risk. But life is full of risks, and... So there is always some risk-taking involved in life. And the same thing is true in politics. Sometimes you're in prison. Sometimes you will be toppled and you won't be in power anymore. Though If those things don't happen to you, you're not really in politics. Uh, they happen. And uh, this is how we see it. It happens. Why was I in prison? Because I recited a poem. I recited a poem. And that's why I was in prison. And the poem that I recited was, was written by one of the leading poets uh, in Turkey uh, at the time of the foundation of uh, the Turkish Republic. And in fact, the poem is also uh, can be found in the books uh, of, uh, published by the um, Ministry of National Education. So that was the poem I recited, and then I was in prison. So, well, wonderful, and there I was, in prison. It was thought, I think, and it's wonderful to, be, to have been in prison for this reason, to have tried to disseminate ideas. It doesn't say that uh, I stole or I was involved in fraud or uh, that wasn't the reason why I was imprisoned. It was because I recited the poem. Do the people forgive this kind of action? No because 16 months after we established our political party, we uh, won won 65% of the Turkish parliament, and that was through the votes of the people. That, I think, is the important uh, message here, and that is what is so great about democracy. And this is uh, how we will continue to uh, work and move forward. We need to uh, take those risks. As for the Caucasus and the comprehensive solution of the problems in the Caucasus, We need need to – we believe that there are a lot of new political dynamics that could be established. We have close cultural and historic ties with Azerbaijan as well in the region. And Azerbaijan is a key country in the region. And we have very good relations with Azerbaijan in all areas. Our relations in the same way with Georgia is also uh, very good. The world public opinion – has been uh, closely following the developments between Turkey and Armenia and there is a lot of expectation up as to what is going to uh, take place and there are positive steps that are being taken in this regard but the um, in my opinion, the, the,
2: the Armenian President
3: should not be uh, uh, should not be hesitant about whether or not coming to the turkey Armenia football match match in Turkey. Our president Mr, Yuk, went to the uh, to watch the game Turkey Armenia match in Armenia, and I think that's the answer. If you know, When I'm asked this question, I think the answer is to do what our president has done. So it's important that uh, we can overcome uh, prejudice if there is reciprocity in some way, if the Turkish president can easily go to Armenia to watch um, the game there, and then it should be just as uh, easy and simple for the Armenian president to come to Turkey to watch the game in Turkey. I think that uh, asking for certain conditions to be met, to decide to come is not the right way to move forward in international uh, politics anymore. Our uh, relations, bilateral relations, neighborly relations uh, with Armenia will be conducted with a mutual respect. Uh, we have, for example, also, uh, at the moment, 40,000 Armenian citizens in Turkey who are are illegal, who don't have visas, but we're not sending them back. And if they're here, they're here for a reason. They're in Turkey, they're in Turkey for a reason. They live in Turkey. And uh, I think that it's important to take note of these uh,
2: facts.
3: (laughs) My dear friend,
2: Uh,
3: developments in Iraq, they are very important for Turkey as well,
2: and uh, when the problems between Iraq and
3: Syria, Turkey played a very active role. In our relations with Iraq, we have a high-level strategic consultative group which we formed. And uh, we have every year with Iraq a meeting at the prime ministerial level and then three meetings every year at ministerial level. Those, uh, this is how the um, consultation system works. We uh, would like to see things go for the better in Iraq soon, because otherwise they could find themselves in a position where uh, they are beginning to export terrorism. So.
2: To uh, make
3: sure that that doesn't happen, it's important that territorial integrity of Iraq is protected.
2: And uh, relations between Iraq and Syria uh, must uh, be, once again, a peaceful
3: uh, relationship, and peace uh, must reign in the region, and for that to happen, countries must be in solidarity with each other. Last week, there was a meeting in Istanbul. And uh, that meeting has taken our relations with, with Iraq from uh, just being passive, a passive neighbor to being a very active neighbor with active friendship and uh, cooperation. We also have a longstanding history with Iran. We have good neighborly relations with Iran, and we aim to protect uh, those good neighborly relations, and we would like to continue to develop our relations based on mutual benefit. We are also working to try and make sure that Iran becomes more transparent and more open to cooperation with respect to its nuclear program, which is creating a cause for concern within the international community. And uh, we see diplomacy and other peaceful efforts and means as being the only uh, solution to try and overcome this difficulty, these issues. And we're very pleased to see that the international community too agrees with this approach, a peaceful uh, approach based on diplomacy. Our relations with Syria are also very uh, important and, as I said before, Uh, We we intermediated five rounds of discussions between Israel and Syria to help solve the problems uh, between the two countries, but uh, these uh, talks were uh, stopped because of what happened in Gaza. But uh, we hope that uh, these rounds will resume. We think that it's necessary that it resumes, and the problems between Israel and Syria uh, must be overcome. And I think that will also help contribute to peace in the region. In the same way there were problems in Lebanon and we were involved in trying to help overcome those problems and uh, with respect to finding a solution in that regard too, we, did our, uh, we put in our best efforts and uh, things are now there such that the government is about to be established in Lebanon. We also believe, on the other hand, that the resources in the Middle East should not be spent on armament and armed um, struggle, but that uh, they should be set aside for peace and happiness of the people in the region.
2: At the moment, the
3: world, if the world were to spend the money spending for
2: um, armament. Uh,
3: does the world spend that kind of money for peace, for um, education, for health in poor countries, or for climate change or environment or the environment?
2: The answer to those questions, unfortunately,
3: is no. That is not the case developed countries do not have such
2: concerns and developing countries
3: um, cannot really take this up
2: to a very great extent
3: and in in our our discussions this is what we have been saying
2: and uh,
3: I continue to bring these issues up uh, in um, my discussions now Afghanistan and Pakistan we see
2: problems there,
3: too, and no solution on the horizon. There, too, there's a lot of money being spent on arms. There's perhaps no limit to the amount of money spent on arms. And same is true in, your, in Iraq.
2: Perhaps the amount of expenditure
3: in Iraq could have had a hand in the financial problems encountered here in the United States these are all
2: um, well known. How much money is spent?
3: I don't know exactly how much money is spent. But I, I think we all know that a lot of money has been spent. But to what of, um, result? What happened was the infrastructure, the superstructures in Iraq have collapsed completely. History has collapsed there.
2: And millions of people have died. It's a country
3: rich in history, rich in civilization, but it now stands in need of a hand to be extended to it for help. We heard President Obama address um, the General Assembly today, and he said that the American troops will be leaving Iraq by the end of 2011. They They will all be. Uh, as far as uh, I could follow, Did when the well, all do. troops will Acaba be leaving Iraq do. by then, uh, but what happens Acaba, after that kaç, How many decades uh, will it take
2: uh,
3: Iraq to be the Iraq that uh,
2: Acaba, we used to know will da. how will uh, Problems be resolved. <laughs>
3: so, all of
1: these issues are things that we have
3: to focus on.
2: Yeah. In different countries in the world,
3: for example, you go to Africa, and there are a number of issues in Africa countries too. When one doesn't go and visit those places, we think that um, things are more or less the same uh, in many parts of the world. Whereas that is not the case when you, one goes and visits
2: those countries, those places, one,
3: I think, should feel very ashamed, very embarrassed, um, because
2: in in our civilization,
3: understanding of civilization, in the alliance of civilization, um, we are a part of our understanding of the human being of mankind is that we love those who are created because of the creator it doesn't matter what religion the human being the person comes from what race
2: it doesn't matter we love all
3: men because they're all created by God any other approach is not in line with our civilization and with our of understanding the of the life.
2: The when
3: uh, terrorism uh, very was uh, very much under the discussion the internationally, there was a lot of talk about Islamic terrorism. Asa that was that Asa kind of characterization Asa, which was wrong because, because Islam, Islam, Islam never um, is accepts or, or supports terrorism. The word Islam, the meaning of the word Islam, is, Islam, is, the word
2: Islam, Islam, Islam is peace. It
3: is a a religion which believes in peace, it is a a civilization which has been created with that understanding. No monotheistic religion would allow killing of people. You wouldn't see that in Christianity, you wouldn't see it in Judaism. That, it it just simply doesn't allow it. If someone from uh, one religion is committing such a crime, is killing, then it's that person's action. But it is not – it should not be seen as being a character of that religion. These are the kinds of things we're talking about in the Alliance of Civilizations. This is what we are um, discussing. And we are trying to help uh, contribute to world peace and uh, trying to take steps in that regard.
2: We are trying to help overcome problems between Afghanistan
3: and Pakistan, and uh, we have organized some trilateral summits between Turkey, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Um, The third such summit took place, and uh, we continue to work uh, in that format. There is also, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Turkey's accession process to the European Union.
2: And we have in that um, uh, process
3: something quite peculiar. 1959 uh, was when we started our discussions with with Europe, and we're in 2009. 50, 60 years have passed, and there is no other country which has had to wait for that long. When I look at the other members and uh, People or other countries who have become members, and uh, there is no other country in the same in this situation. But there are unfortunately many um, weak pretexts, uh, excuses which are being used to uh, put some obstacles. But we still continue to do our work, and we tell the Europeans that if they're going to take Turkey a member, they should go ahead and do this, but not with new rules after uh, we started the process, because the, the game has started. The ball is in court, and then they're trying to change the rules after the ball is in court. This can't be, because the EU has its own rules. They have... Uh, their acquis, what is called the acquis, which is the uh, body of their rules, but then uh, they come up with different rules. And when we say that this is not right, they say, well, this is the way it is. And it's very difficult to really understand.
2: And uh, some
3: agree with us, but even if one doesn't agree with us, then we have a problem. Uh, There's, for example, the issue with energy now. Turkey is a transit country in the Nabucco project, where the most important um, part of Nabucco, everything is ready, signatures are put on paper, but there is still the problem with opening the energy chapter in Turkey's accession to the EU because the Greek Cypriots do not agree to allow that. How did the Greek uh, Cypriots uh, become a member of the EU? I'll tell you how. They came to us and they said, the Europeans said to us that there will be this referendum and they said if you get a yes vote from the Turkish Cypriots in the north for the plan, for the online plan in the referendum, we will then be involved as guarantors and we will do our best to help resolve the issue. And then in the end, 65% of the people in the north said yes to the plan in the referendum.
2: This was on the 24th of
3: April, 24th of April 2004. And a week later, a week after that date, the, uh,
2: the
3: Cyprus was going to become a member of the EU, and on the Greek Cypriot side, uh, the uh, referendum was turned down by 75 percent, but interestingly enough, the Greek Cypriots became a member of the EU a week later. So it's hard to understand how this is coming about. This is where the problem is. So what it says in the Acquis in the EU law, is different. Just like I said earlier to you about the universal declaration of human rights, there are things written in documents, but the practice doesn't reflect what's on paper. So then, of course, you have a problem. And this has led to a, a, a diminishing of trust by the Turkish people to the EU. At about that time, uh, when we had public opinion polls conducted in Turkey,
2: 75
3: percent of the Turkish people were in favor of joining the EU. That 75 percent went down to 65, and now it's less than 50 percent. And if we ask the people whether they believe the EU is going to take Turkey as a member, 25 percent believe it only. So that's where we stand today. there used to be a song in Turkey where it was said is this the uh, justice in the world and this is uh, not this shouldn't be justice in the world these were lyrics to a song and uh, we do want to see full membership. Of course, some members of the EU are coming up with some alternatives such as a privileged partnership, which is an alternative to full membership. France is one of those countries. We hope that those this is not going to happen. This is not right either. This is not proper because there was never, ever a talk of such different alternatives before. They all came about later on. This was not something that we had ever discussed when we first started on this path. There was no such different types of um, association or membership, but there are all these different um, formulae being discussed now. But doesn't matter. We keep moving forward. And we will continue until we are clearly told that the EU will not accept Turkey as a member. So our determination in this regard will continue, and because we can continue with the same criteria, the EU political criteria, we just call them the Ankara criteria, and we will continue. And for the commercial economic criteria, we'll call them the Istanbul criteria, and we'll keep moving forward. So we are determined to do what is required of membership, and we will Continue to work in this regard.
2: And uh, for the solution of the
3: Cyprus problem, uh, the United Nations is the only, the proper platform for the solution of this problem. Uh, we do not see any alternative to that. Our relations with the United States, which is a friendly and allied country, is important. We have common interests with the United States, and there's a lot of work that is going on in our region and beyond. We work together with the United States in those areas, and we see a lot of... uh, Cooperation, especially in, uh, on regional issues, the Middle East, Caucasus, the Balkans, uh, Central Asia. There is a vast geography where we're working together to achieve peace, stability, and prosperity. And uh, our cooperation is, it has a very determining effect on the achieving these goals. In the past, we jointly uh, took part in many international peacekeeping operations in Korea, Somalia, and Kosovo. Our relations and cooperation has deepened and diversified in the aftermath of the collapse of the Soviet Union and the regional problems and asymmetrical threats and ethnic conflict which emerged
2: as a result.
3: Our two countries are working in close collaboration with each other in trying to overcome problems which prevent political, economic and cultural development in uh, international affairs. President of the United States, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama, visited Turkey in April, and uh, that visit has once again reconfirmed at the highest level the mutual trust and cooperation between the two countries. President Obama, during his visit in Turkey, characterized Turkish It characterized Turkey and Turkey-U.S. relations as a model uh, partnership. That was a very important characterization. It uh, takes our relationship to a point beyond the strategic partnership that exists between our two countries. As cooperation between Turkey and the United States grows and develops, the synergy that comes about is going to, in my opinion, contribute not just to mutual um, interests, but it will also have uh, contributions to regional and global stability. Mr. Muşkes,
2: Turkey has a
3: strong economy, a dynamic uh, population, and has strong ties Historic ties with the regional countries and is therefore a very important balancing uh, factor in its region. As of the end of 2008, uh, Turkey has a GDP of 742 billion US dollars, which makes it the 17th largest economy in the world and 6th largest economy in Europe.
2: Today, despite the financial crisis,
3: the economic crisis,
2: uh,
1: turkey
3: still maintains its uh, good position is one of the few countries which is which is least affected by the crisis I hope that
2: As the the distance between national,
3: regional, and global problems uh, becomes shorter and shorter and closer and closer, we can base or prepare and build a world which is based on justice, peace, and equality, based on respect and trust. We... uh, can make the 21st century a century of peace, not war, a century of trust, not fear, a century of justice, not injustice, a century of order and not a century of terrorism, a century of prosperity and not a century of poverty. It is our common responsibility and historic no matter what religion uh, or nationality we come from, to help contribute to establishing just that kind of a world. With these thoughts in mind, I would like to end my words here, and I would like to greet you with respect. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to me.
0: Um, Thank you very much, uh, Prime Minister Erdogan. He has graciously agreed to take uh, a few questions from Princeton students who are in the audience. I would like to ask students who are interested in asking a question to raise their hand. What we'll do is I'll take three questions at a time, they'll be translated, and then um, the Prime Minister will answer them together. If you want to ask a question, please keep it fairly brief and please make it a question, not a comment. So, wh- wh- which students in the no. audience would like to ask a question? Uh, yes? yes? I think there's a. I'm not a student. May I ask a question? Uh, we were rest- restricting it to students. Okay. So sorry. Okay. So, yeah. So. yeah. Are there students in the audience who'd like to ask a question? Yes. Please, please say your name first. Uh, Javier Masis. hello, sir. <clears throat> How would you like to address the new, the really recent issue of water um, under this new uh, proposition that uh, you were talking about earlier? Thank you very much. Let, let's take another couple questions and, and, okay, over here. Do we have a microphone over on this side of the room? Why don't we uh, go to the young woman in the um, back row?
1: Um, Prime Minister, your government recently introduced a controversial Kurdish initiative, which calls for greater political and cultural rights for Turkey's Kurdish minority. And this contrasts with Turkey's traditional policy towards the conflict, which has been more military-led and often relied on heavy-handed and even oppressive measures against the Kurdish minority. Does your government's opting for a political solution recognize that the military solution has been unsuccessful, and what hurdles do you anticipate to face in trying to make this initiative a success?
0: Okay, thank you. Let's, let's take one more question uh, right here. <laughs>
3: question for the Prime Minister. I I, I want to know about his personal global leadership. We've heard a lot about Turkey and its rising confidence today. What about the Prime Minister's personal leadership? And the way he spoke today, I almost imagined that President Obama could give the same type of talk about the global scope. Uh, What does he personally think of the future? I I recently heard he's not going to be running for re-election. What is he hoping to do towards uh, bringing his own global leadership to a larger audience?
0: Thank you very much.
2: Öncelikle, su konusunda now
3: on water first of
2: all,
3: I will try to um, communicate my Hadi thoughts to
2: you. Şu anda en sorunu,
3: the most su. important problem in the world today
2: is Ve probably water. Kişi başına
3: Per capita uh, requirement for water annually is 10,000 cubic meters.
2: Şu anda, Türkiye olarak, um, in Turkey, örneğin, bizim kaynaklarımızı tam devreye if we
3: were to utilize uh, all of our resources, we would get about 3,000 cubic, cubic meters su. water, which we would be making available per capita. at Present, it's 2,000, but we Açığınız could go büyük. up to 3,000. But then su uh, there's still Aslında a lot değil. of way to go. Many Tabii think that Turkey is water rich, but that's, really but that's not really the case. It Doesn't mean that we having water on your de three, de three de sides on the three de sides, de sides of the, of the country makes you water rich. Of course, there's all the efforts for desalination to
2: use seawater, and there's also
3: the recycling of water. And and to uh, make use of uh, water, water getiyor, again, again. But,
2: but of course, that's not possible. Uh, and uh, Benim uh, my
3: konuda. advisors tell me that it's possible to recycle seven Tabii
2: times. With climate change,
3: there is also a so- major so- issue so- with so- evaporation.
2: Buna and it was necessary um, to take gerekiyor.
3: some uh, steps
2: uh, to uh,
3: help prevent the consequences of, of that.
2: that. And uh, as, uh, as people, of course, I think one of the most dönüş.
3: important things, that Bunu thing that we can do is to conserve our water. In other words, that will
2: also bizim help with... Hala Içme tarla uh, water,
3: for example, in my country, people use drinking water to veriyoruz. irrigate Verdiğimiz land, and we've de been de, uh, fighting against that. P-
2: Whenever, Whenever, of course,
3: you try to do something like that, people yeni bir do not like the idea
2: açık kanalet they are uh, opposed. We are working on
3: uh, irrigation systems. systems. For, For example, we're covering can all, can all the irrigation arcs so that we can kaldıralım. prevent ev- evaporation and we can prevent or at least minimize uh, loss of water
2: and leakage of water.
3: These efforts bir, must uh, go hand in geri, hand in different countries. There has got to be some iki, cooperation.
2: So, recycling and uh, taking measures
3: vis a vis evaporation.
2: Suyu, and uh, third, yapmamız, making good proper planning with respect to um, adımda, potable water and non potable water. And of course, fourth,
1: Um, a costly alternative, but still desalination and use of seawater. Uh, These are, uh,
3: as far as uh, I know, the the ways out, if you will, I don't know, I may not know all of them, but those who are experts will tell us, I'm sure, will at least help us move forward in that area.
2: Second second question about the the Kurdish rights and um,
3: this democratic outreach, this program, this outreach that we have
2: announced is not solely based on the Kurdish issue. It's
3: not a step that is only for the Kurdish issue. When we established our political party, we had in in our political party program
2: mention of this problem, you can call it different things, you
3: can call it the Southeast problem, the Kurdish issue.
2: There are different names you can use to uh, explain it. but
3: where we are today with this democratic outreach
2: is not just a, a question or an effort of um, the problems of our Kurdish citizens, because
3: we have more than 130 ethnicities in Turkey, uh, they all have their different issues.
2: The biggest issue or
3: the biggest um, thing that we would like to tackle is terrorism. And there's also problems that our Alawite uh, citizens have.
2: Uh, We
3: have already had five
2: workshops uh, so that we can move forward. In, in trying to help resolve their issues. There are also issues or problems that the minorities
3: would like to be addressed. A few uh, weeks ago, I met um, with um, minority de representatives de in, uh, de in de Turkey de uh, with the representatives of religious groups, and they communicated to us some of their problems, de and de we need to take some de steps de in trying to overcome their problems. There's also a problem with unemployment, which is something that we should be focusing on. as So it is
2: Eşit it is ve a, a, a program which for envisions
3: uh, in Yardım ways to help resolve a number of issues. The Kurdish issue is one of them, but there are others as well. Gireceğiz. And we will be very Örneğin, determined in our approach in trying to overcome these
2: problems. Um, for example, when we...
3: Came to government, there was a lot of discussion about why there is no Kurdish broadcast on state television, state run television. We were, uh, we took this up immediately, and now we have one state run channel which is allocated for Kurdish broadcasts. It's called TRT Shesh, TRT6, and it broadcasts in Kurdish language 24 hours a day. In the very beginning, people reacted to it, some people, but then nothing has happened. So it can happen. We have
2: on billboards,
3: um, announcements <coughs> in Kurdish. This was not possible in the past. In the past, it wasn't possible, for example, if you were to go to prison to see your mother in prison, you couldn't talk to them, talk to her in Kurdish. But those are the kinds of things that you can do now. There's also this, the language courses which are now
2: uh,
3: available, which people can open courses to teach um, languages, to, uh, they can, so that they can people can improve their native language. Uh, but these are the kinds of steps that have been taken.
2: There was some initial reaction to um, uh, some of this. There was uh, also uh,
3: requests. There were also requests for the state to take uh, to these efforts forward. For example, there is now also a discussion of having uh, departments in universities uh, in Kurdish language. These are the kinds of things that uh, are being discussed, or there is also some uh, progress in some of these areas. But, of course, uh, there are some short-term, mid-term, and longer-term
2: uh, efforts that we have to take into consideration
3: within the framework of this democratic outreach. We can't do it all at once. It, it's just not possible. We have we have to take our time in trying to understand uh, this, um, the effects and trying to get people to understand where we're going. As far as leadership, global leadership... As global leaders, we talk, other, we talk to each other, we talk to each other as to who can be more effective in what region. And
2: we have to work hand-in-hand hand. so that wherever we can be of help, all of us as global leaders can use their leadership and skill to help contribute to a solution. For example, the G20, we
3: will be meeting in the G20 format.
2: Biz sadece bir zirve we do
3: not see the G20 Zabiz as Türkiye simply an economic summit. In, in as Turkey, we think that security is a part of uh, a climate change it should
2: be a part bileyim, of it, sağlığın, um, health, education should be a part of it. Bu and de we believe that it's
3: important that the summit G20 takes
2: those issues up as well. Sıtlı, dar bir değil. Şu anda G20. G20 is uh, not a very small group. It
3: makes up 80% of the world,
2: and therefore it could
3: be quite uh, encompassing, and therefore it also has a lot of responsibility as well, of course.
0: Thank you very much, um, Prime Minister Erdogan. We're delighted... Thank you also, President Tillman. Could you please remain seated while the Prime Minister leaves the stage? Thank you.
2: Bye bye.